You're listening to the Assistance Together podcast. I'm your host, Henrietta Barker. I'm a multi-sector recruiter based in London, and I share with you weekly interviews with industry leaders and assistants sharing so much about their lives, their experiences, their careers, and their evolution in this incredible career path. A quick message before we start this week's podcast, I wanted to let you know I'm excited to be doing a live Assistance Together podcast at the PA show on the 8th of March at the Excel Centre in London. The guest is going to be announced next week and I can promise it's going to be a fantastic conversation. I'm so looking forward to be able to take these conversations into a real life space where we can kind of connect with an audience. So if you're going to be at the PA show or if you've got any plans to be there, Please come along on the 8th of March and join us for this really exciting moment. This week, I am welcoming back Susie Flynn to the podcast. Susie is a mindset and business coach, and she also helps executive assistants build a VA business as well. And I wanted to invite her back. She's been a guest on the show before last year. And the reason I wanted to invite her back is because there's so much pressure on us in January to you know, make resolutions, to decide that we're going to have the best year yet, to change up our lives and what we're doing. And there are so many things in the way of us being able to do that. There's so much pressure in January to kind of be positive and move forward in this way. And yet, if we've got things that are either consciously or unconsciously holding us back, it can be incredibly difficult to know how to move forward. So that's where Susie comes in. And I really wanted to talk to her about how we can switch things up, how we can bring positivity into the present moment. We talk about self-sabotage, unconscious patterns, how we can actually reward ourselves for negative emotions that we might have, that there's always a reward somewhere in there, even if it's something we don't like thinking, even if it's something we don't like to experience, and how we can choose again in a day, how we can let go of our perfectionism, how we can set goals with really positive intention, and how we can move past certain things to allow us to create the situations and the opportunities that we want in the whole of our lives. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. I think we can bring the positivity into the present moment because we do get to choose. And I think that we can get stuck in patterns of self-sabotage and unconscious patterns. Um, And even though these patterns may not be serving us, they become familiar to us. And the brain, as we know, it likes the familiar, even if it's a negative pattern. But there's normally, you know, reward when we we get into a certain emotion. So if we're feeling negative or down or phone a friend and we're like, oh, you know, that friend will be like, give us empathy or sympathy or support. And then we'll feel good again. It can be addictive like a drug, but we can get to... Well, Gabrielle Bernstein, who is someone I follow, um, she talks about choosing again. We get to choose again. So if we're feeling, you know, not as positive as we'd like as we come to the end of another really tough year with, with the pandemic, you know, just ask yourself, you know, you know, how can I choose this thought again? What better feeling thought can I choose? 
we, we you know we it, it's practice but we do get to choose yeah it's interesting when you say that I feel you know, if we if we're thinking about our thought patterns it, we don't always actually realize that our negative thoughts bring mm. some kind of reward we can feel like it's bringing us down we know that those thoughts mm. aren't positive and they're not making us feel great but can you explain a little bit about how that is a reward in itself okay with emotion connected to the thought because sometimes yeah. we get that if we're having a positive thought and we get a positive reward mm. but unconsciously if we're having these thoughts and feelings yeah and they are giving us a reward seems like that might be a difficult term to understand because it doesn't feel like one. Yeah. It feels like a negative. Yeah, I can definitely speak to that. And I think it's very much about the behavior that we exhibit. And I'll give you an example from my own personal life from a few years ago to try and make it a little bit more tangible for your audience. Um, for your listeners. Now, um, you may know that I had a serious mountain bike accident back in 2017, and um, I had a lot of damage to my knee, my leg, nerve damage, etc. Um, and at the time, financially, it was it was challenging. I was on, um, I'd finished a contract role as an assistant. In fact, it was my last assistant role. Um, um, and then I was like full-time in the business. And um, I was getting um health insurance payout and um I was also getting a lot of my friends visiting me who perhaps didn't visit me as much as they did previously because you know a lot of my friends aren't exactly where I live I moved out of my hometown so the benefit for me of of kind of having that injury and and needing the support was that um, well, having the, you know, just not getting better or staying in the mindset of like, oh, my legs poorly, it's not going to get better. Was that, oh, well, I'll keep getting the house pay payments paid out to me and my friends will come see me. So by focusing on the injury and focusing on the limitations I had, it allowed me to then get the benefit of, you know, having more friends come to see me to support me and believing that all oh, well, the health insurance will last a bit longer. Hopefully that gives you some kind of indication. But, you know, like, sometimes we don't want to get better or sometimes our mind just wants to keep us where we are because we do have the benefit from you know whether it's a financial benefit or whether it's you know more friends in our life giving us support more people checking in on us whatever it may be there's a typically a benefit for us staying where we are so hopefully that gives a bit more clarity to your audience yeah it certainly does it's it's hard to it's hard, I suppose, to kind of even say that that's sometimes how we feel, isn't it? You know that you, you know that that there could be a negative associated with that. Mm -hmm. But I, I wonder also if it's sometimes on a smaller scale, like, um, you know, and I really value that example. But I, I think sometimes it can be, you know, I don't have enough time, or mm -hmm. I'm old, or you know. Yeah, and these are all kind of forms of self-sabotage and it's something that I'm definitely kind of exploring more and more of and I'll be doing um, talks on, on self, different forms of self-sabotage and, you know, there's so many forms of self-sabotage and self-sabotage is effectively something which is stopping us moving forward to achieving our goals. So self-sabotage may be um, the need to be, you know, need to follow, you know, have perfectionism in what we do. 
Um, It could be like one of my forms of self-sabotage, which I'm aware of, is trying to put too much on my plate, like trying to put too much on on the to-do list, trying to do too much in one day. And then as a result of that, I feel completely overwhelmed, completely stressed, and I don't get anything done. So I don't move forward. So yeah, we can definitely self-sabotage in so many different ways from overwhelm, from procrastination to perfectionism, um all sorts of different things that will and there's a benefit in that as well Mm. so i suppose that those negative thoughts if you were talking about you know that fit or reward for them you know is that the reward that then there's perceived safety or that you don't have to change or is that where yeah you hit kind of the nail on the head with you know the, the safety think about it from a um mindset or or biological perspective the brain the mind it it likes the familiar so every time you try and do something different so I work obviously with those assistants that want to build a virtual assistant business and a lot of self-sabotage will come in it's not the right time I don't know enough I'm not good enough um I don't have the money to invest um I'll wait until my you know daughter's birthday is out of the way I'll wait to I get a bonus etc but what this is doing is it's our mind trying to keep us safe and keep us in the familiar because the familiar is comfortable the brain doesn't like change the nervous system doesn't like change so what happens is that we may feel um a physiological reaction in our body right the anxiety or maybe or quite often it's the the stories that we tell ourselves in our head like why we can't move forward so it is very much about safety it feels safe to stay where we are but sometimes the mind doesn't serve us it doesn't support us but it likes the familiar so it's always going to say oh you know well you know make sure that you get that absolutely perfect and by doing so obviously it's going to slow down your progress to achieve you know that that end goal so your mind is always trying to keep you safe always trying to keep you in your familiar and always trying to keep you in the comfort zone but the comfort zone is not where you will grow growth is uncomfortable (laughs) I know that as a business owner myself as I'm sure you will we have to take action whether a business owner or any any aspect of our life really we're always going to have to do something that's going to be a first for us that's going to feel uncomfortable and the brain is going to resist that the mind is going to resist that it wants the same it wants the familiar to keep you safe. I love that. It's so interesting because mm-hmm. we're not always aware of, of how much we are unconsciously doing those things to ourselves. Yeah. And I also, you know, I really love setting goals. Mm-hmm. And I learned recently that, you know, you can actually get an endorphin kick from setting goals. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we like to do at the beginning of the year, don't we? We're like, yeah. We've been kind of taught into, you know, setting New Year's resolutions and all these kind of things. Yeah. That gives us an endorphin kick. Yeah. And then other things come into play that then yeah. stop us potentially from being able to achieve those things. Yeah, yeah. Goals are so interesting. And in um, you know, I was reading the other day about um instead of setting a whole week goal for the year, just like break it down because it can be so overwhelming. And this is what I do with my coaching clients, like you know, setting up a virtual assistant business is a huge goal and it's really scary. It's like, okay, well, what's the first step you can take and just break it down? And, and recently I've been learning about 
goal setting but also feeling into our goals so you know having the goal is great but what do you what how do you want to feel when you've achieved the goal so if I want to get a client this month how do I want to feel if someone wants to get their next assistant role how do they want to feel because it's not about achieving the goal it's about the feeling attached to the goal so it's really about connecting with how we want to feel like we want to have more money if we want to get married if we want to have kids it's all about the emotion how do we want to feel what's that end result because that's what we're ultimately looking to attain the feeling the emotion because that's what's going to bring us joy and there's that saying isn't it there that money doesn't make you happy so you know it's not having money is great but what is it that the money is going to do for you and how is it going to make you feel so I think when we look at our goals I think it's really important to really pause and take a step back and just ask ourselves well okay so why do I want to achieve this goal what will it give me but ultimately how will it make me feel that I'm and what will I get to feel that I'm not feeling now we're feeling beings understood so that's the feeling that is the thing that can drive us to the end result yeah, yeah. so if we were looking at goals or goal setting for this year and going into the year intentionally mm-hmm. Rather than on autopilot again, mm. which a lot of us end up doing. Yeah, you know, if we're looking at it, and I, I don't know about your experience with resolutions, but I've mm. never really done them because I didn't find them successful. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> if we were looking at setting some achievable goals throughout mm. the year and how we can, how we can create them and how we can kind of stick to them and actually achieve them. Mm even if we've not had success with them before, mm. then I think they can get, there's some resistance to mm. haven't achieved the thing in the past, but we still yeah. want to do it. How do we start that process? How can you break it down for us? You know, like, how do we think about it so that we don't end up self-sabotaging? Yeah, such a great question. I think, first of all, it's like, just, you know, celebrate the failure because you know what didn't work. Um, it's like um, you just celebrate you know celebrate the failure and know that what you've tried didn't work so look at what did work and look at what didn't work and take it from there and just break it down so let's just use you know um, my niche as an example Um, so you want to build a virtual assistant business and you want to say you know launch your business be full-time by you know the Christmas Eve next year so you've got kind of almost a year and that's your goal but just having that goal it's like looking at a mountain so you've got a huge mountain you're like oh my god I've got to climb this whole mountain you're like that's too big so then you break it down and this is an analogy that I heard from one of my coaches you break it down into the boulders the rocks the pebbles the sand so then the rocks would you know the boulders would be like you know what you've got to do each quarter for example and then the, the rocks would be each month then you break it down into week, weeks and hours so like what is you know the end goal and then you reverse engineer it back and figure out what is it that you need to do you know do I need to get a coach or do I need to get a mentor um do I you know I need to decide on a company name I need to decide on what hours I want to work you brainstorm it out and then reverse engineer it and figure out what comes first because when we look at it as a mountain we will go into overwhelm and then we will self-sabotage because it feels too big and it feels too uncomfortable and we won't take action um so it's really just breaking it everything down like literally every single thing down until you have the component parts and then reverse engineer it and figure out you know 
your end goal, your journey goal, like where you want to be, say, six months down the line and figure out what you need to do and when. So just break it down so that you're not feeling so overwhelmed. Okay, so but make it really granular, mm -hmm. you know, all the kind of tiny details of it so that you mm -hmm. can then take in each small individual step rather yeah. than looking at the, the longer game. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And, and remember, again, the, the brain doesn't like change, so take those small steps. And I think one thing it's important for us to do, and I was talking um, to my ladies in my Facebook group about this today, about celebrating the wins. Like, and I've so often we feel like we have to celebrate the big wins only, but no, we don't. We can get to celebrate the small wins. And it's important because when we celebrate, I think it's um, just trying to remember the chemical that gets produced in your brain. Is it, it's like an endorphin or serotonin. It's like a happy chemical. Um, and I have a wins post going out. I think it's on a Wednesday. Anyway, um, I had someone posting on that post today in the group. And one of the ladies in the group said, oh, I'm celebrating taking five minutes to, to myself, having a cup of tea and flicking through a magazine. And I thought that's brilliant because, you know, so often we don't pause and give us time to give our ourselves time to celebrate and, and just giving ourselves five minutes to honor our self-care and just take time out. That's important. So when we're goal setting, feel into what you want to feel. Like what do you, how do you want to feel when you've achieved the goal? You know, if it didn't work, that's fine. Like, you know, it didn't work. What can you do differently next time? What did you learn from it? You know, what can you take away? And um, yeah, just just follow those steps and, and just break it down. Trust the process, really. Just trust the process. So once you've broken it down, there's going to come a point that mm -hmm. something isn't going to go right yeah. or you're not going to follow through on something mm -hmm. one week or you'll you know you'll just you'll lose impetus at some point mm. and I think that 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 can be one of the most destructive things mm. is to feel that if you've somehow skipped a week or you haven't stuck to it for a day mm. that it all has to stop you know that that's the end of everything and I think yeah. we can often we can often as as humans do that where we feel that mm. Okay, brilliant. We've done this much, but I've I've done one day that I didn't do that thing. So mm. now surely I have to start everything all over again. Or yeah. I failed, or you know, if something didn't work in the way that I wanted it to. Mm. What's a great way to kind of hold your own hand through that kind of situation mm. so that you can continue to stay on track? Well, I think firstly, ask yourself what are you making it mean to you that you didn't achieve the goal. Because if you're making it mean to you that you're a failure, that, you, you know, that it wasn't meant to be, then, you know, you're falling in again to that kind of self-sabotage pattern of being particularly hard on yourself. One of my superpowers, which I'm still working on <laughs> at the age of 46. Um, but we all have those self-sabotages. So, yeah, asking yourself, well, okay, so I didn't achieve it. What am I making it mean to me? And is that true? Like, look at the evidence, okay? Um, and it's, again, going back to... Um, what can you do differently? Like so often, it's so easy to like go, oh, well, it didn't work, I'll give up. Okay, well, what did you learn from that experience? What can you take away and what can you do differently? And it's so important to ask yourself these questions because no matter what your goal or challenge is, whether it's building a business, whether it's getting that next job, ask yourself, what, what am I making this mean to me? So, you know, I've seen, and you will have seen, obviously a lot of people looking for jobs and feeling very despondent. And, and a lot of assistants and, and other people in employment will be 
still looking for that job as we come to the end of the year. But, you know, look back at what you have achieved, look back at the interviews, look back at the experience that you've gained, look back at the skills and the training that you've done. Like focus on the possibilities, not the limitations. I think it's so easy to focus on what we haven't achieved, what we don't have, what our limitations are, whatever those might be. But, you know, take a moment to be kind to yourself and really recognize like, what have you achieved? What is possible? Because so much is possible, you know? And remember, like, this is a moment in time. And one little exercise I like to do is if I'm struggling with something, I like to kind of visualize myself maybe five or 10 years in the future, looking back at the experience that experience that I'm struggling with in the current moment and look at it from a different perspective, almost like looking at it from an outside perspective and going, oh, you know, that's happened, allowing it to be almost like in the past for a moment and step into that future self. In fact, there is an NLP exercise because I'm an NLP practitioner that you can actually do. It's a visualization exercise where you close your eyes and you visualize that future self. Like, you know, how are they sounding? What are they wearing? Where are they? What are they saying? What are they doing? So if you want to build a virtual assistant business, or you want to get a job, maybe you're visualizing yourself at your new desk or having a meeting with your boss or working with your first VA client. And notice like what is happening around you. Like, listen, what, what do you hear? Do you hear people speaking? Do you hear someone thanking you for your work? Um, what do you see? Are there people in this scene? What are you wearing? And then how do you feel? Like, what's your body posture? Do you feel confident, happy? And really like bring that picture to life, really visualize it for a few minutes. And when you have a really strong, clear picture of your vision of your future self, you get to decide what this looks like. You then, in your mind's eye, step into this future vision of yourself. And I love this exercise. I've done it myself and I've done it with my clients. And when you do that and you step into the future vision of yourself, you'll notice you start to embody the future vision like you'll notice that if that future vision of you is feeling more confident then you'll find that your shoulders go up and back and you know you might sit up more upright in the chair and just be with that future vision for a few minutes and just feel into what you feel and hear what you hear and see what you see and experience that and take it all in because it is 100% possible for you. So it's a wonderful exercise to do, to really like visualize that future self, where you wanna be in five or 10 years, step into that image and really feel into it, see what you see and hear what you hear and can't then come back to the present moment. It's a, just a beautiful journey you can do and it can just take five minutes, that's all. Does that, is it the emotional part of that that's, or your feeling that's important in that or, or seeing it? There's different things. So we have like modalities. So modalities are things like what we see, what we hear and what we feel, but also what we taste and what we smell. But taste and smell are not as strong as the other three. So every human being is typically um, has a predominant predominant modality. So I'm, I think about two thirds of the population are primarily visual. Okay, but some people aren't visual at all, they really struggle to visualize an image. Some people are more auditory, or some people are more kinesthetic. They like to perhaps go into a clothes shop and feel the clothes or like, feel a connection with some, someone. 
So when you step into that future self, you'd really ideally want to focus on what you see, what you hear, and what you feel, and really connect with those modalities. Because we are, you know, we, as humans, we, um, we think through words and pictures. So by seeing what you, you see what you see, hearing what you hear and feeling what you feel will really help you connect in with your future vision and how you really see what's possible. That's a really interesting distinction because I've never found visualising anything easy. Mm. I think that I would definitely skew more to a different modality. It's lovely to hear you talk about that because I, there can be some pressure, I think, yeah. to be like, you've got to be able to visualise it yeah. and it's not always, uh, not always how we connect best to something, I suppose. Exactly. And it's about knowing like what, you know, what your what is your main modality um so for me it's definitely visual but we are all visual so if I say to you Henrietta, Henrietta what is the color of your front door you'll then you know get an image of your front door and then you'll tell me it's blue or yellow or green or red I don't know mm. so or if I say, say to you don't think of a pink elephant you'll see a pink elephant so we are all visual but sometimes we're more um, primary kinesthetic or primary auditory or primary visual so there's no wrong or right okay we all have a bit of both but some of us are more predominant in one area than another and for me I'm, I'm very visual I have a very visual memory and so do a lot of the population but not everyone so we are all different we are all unique which is so wonderful I think so I love this so how often is it useful to do an exercise like that I think it's as often as you want to really um, you can do it as a daily practice. So I do visualization every morning as a daily practice. Um, you know, and, and visualization isn't about, all right, this is the goal I want. It's about the feeling. Like if you say, I don't know, um, say I want to hit a certain income level. It's not about seeing the mental health, the money in the bank. It's about feeling the experience. So I might visualize myself going off to a spa day or, or visualize myself, you know, having an amazing session with a client and how that feels our feelings are so important because otherwise we get stuck in our head which is very logical and linear um and that's all we can get kind of into the over analyzing things so connect back with your heart you know there's so many different breathing exercises you can do one of my favorites this is good if you have anxiety if you're stressed or if you're just lacking focus it's the four seven eight breathing technique so you breathe in for four seconds you hold for seven seconds and you breathe out for eight seconds, and you repeat that four times. So that's really good, as I say, if you're stressed, if you're anxious, or if you're just lacking focus. So that's a really, really good technique. Well, that's such a good, I like that breathing technique. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And it's great because you can do it wherever you are. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can do it on the train, you can do it at home, in bed, wherever. Um, it's also good for sleep as well. So if you're struggling to get to sleep, bring it back to the breath focus on the breath let go of what's going on in the mind because the mind you know it, we need to switch the mind off which is why I tend to sort of have an hour and a half or two hours before I go to bed with no technology because I have a busy mind I'm an entrepreneur I've always got ideas going as you might imagine and I need to switch the mind off we always need to switch the mind off um, and having the boundaries like that is important because um, you know if the brain is 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 or, the, or if you're looking at a screen up to a minute before you go to bed the the brain is going to go oh right it's going to be think that you're in work mode because you're looking at a computer screen and then it's going to be more difficult to get to sleep so it's okay. like tangent there but hopefully useful <laughs> yeah 100 percent. okay so 
break the goals down mm -hmm. as small as you can, set then weekly, day, daily, weekly, monthly, goal, you know, goals along yeah. that way. And then work your way through them methodically. Yeah, so break it down. So, you know, you set your quarter goals, set your monthly goals, um, set your weekly goals. So, and have your goals somewhere you can see them. So I have my weekly, uh, my monthly goals rather up on my, my cupboard just above my kettle. So every time I go make a cup of tea, I, you know, I can see what I need to highlight off. So I looked at it this morning and it's a reminder, but, you know, also really feel into what you want to feel when you've achieved that goal. It's more than that tick box exercise. And as an ex-assistant and obviously a lot of assistants will be listening to this podcast, we all love the whole highlight or tick, you know, to-do list off. But, and that is great, but really connect with how you want to feel because that's going to, not once you not necessarily just once you've achieved the goal, but when you set the goal, connect with the feeling that you want to achieve. Right, rather than it being just a factual thing. Yeah, yeah, feel into it. That then will give you that connection to it in order to be able to keep going or yeah. feel that it's possible. Yeah, it will help you connect in because ultimately, like, our goal isn't the written goal, it's the goal is how you want to feel. So if you know right from the beginning when you set the goal how you want to feel, then it makes the outcome easier because you know what you want to achieve. You know, it's not just like, I have to do this. This is what I want to achieve. It's almost like a reward system for the brain, isn't it? Because if you want to feel accomplished or happy or proud when you've achieved X, Y, Z goal, then, you know, you're going to be producing a dolphin and serotonin in, you know, in your chemical system and in your, in your mind, in your brain. And that you know, that's what we're constantly craving it's just that kind of chemical addiction really at the end of the day in the form of serotonin and so that then that trains us to feel that way in mm. expectation of achieving what we want to or yeah it kind of keeps us topped up chemically enough <laughs> in order um, it's a good question I think I think it can be a bit of both but I think I think it's probably more like a training the brain in terms of what we want to want to feel. So if we're always focusing on the negative, like this has gone wrong, this is happening, this didn't happen, then we're going to get more of what we focus on. So if we start focusing more on how we want to feel, like the positive emotions, um, focusing on gratitude, etc., then our mind will start looking for more of that. And I've probably talked about this before, but we have something in the brain called the RIS, the reticular activation system. So it's, it's like a filter. It's going to search out. So if you're focusing on something, it's going to keep searching out more of that. So if you're focusing on wanting to feel a certain emotion, then the mind is going to find a way to bring more of that into your life. And I always use this little um, story. I think it's kind of cute. <laughs> when I was um, a kid with my brother, we used to go from Hertfordshire to Cornwall and Devon for farm holidays. And we used to play this game on the motorway um, where we'd spot different color cars. And I think it was red for me or blue for my brother or something like that. And it was interesting because as soon as we start playing this game, oh my God, there were so many red cars on the motorway. But they were always there. But because my mind had decided, right, you know, I'm going to look for red cars. It suddenly filtered out the red cars. They were always there. So everything that we desire is always there, but we're not always focusing on it. So if you want that job, visualize the job. If you want that first client in your VA business, visualize it and really trust that it's possible. Be aware of the language you're using. If you're saying, oh, I'm not going to get a client or I'm not going to get a job, then that's what you're going to manifest. That's what you're going to bring into your reality. 
okay focus on it and I know it's hard because it feels like you know well I can't see it it's not tangible but sometimes we have to step into the, into a, a space of trust because everything that we desire is available to us but we you know but we also get to focus on our desires we have to focus on what we want um, and step away from things that we don't want it goes back to focusing on the possibilities instead of the limitations I've, I've seen assistants where oh I've got a job I've finally got a job it's possible it does happen so you know you, you know that as well absolutely so tell me a bit about focus wheels yeah, this is something that I came across the other day. Um, I haven't actually, I've printed it off, I haven't actually used it myself. So the focus wheel is like really if you're struggling with something and you want to shift your emotion. So basically you get a circle and you, and you divide it into segments. So you've got like about eight segments and you've got a wheel. And then you write down your current emotional thought process. So maybe you're thinking, oh God, um, I, I've been looking for work for six months now. I'm so frustrated. Okay, so then you just literally move to the next positive feeling thought. So you go, okay, well, I do have that interview next Wednesday. And then the next positive feeling thought would, well, Henrietta phoned me back regarding another new role. So I've got possibly two new interviews. And you keep going around till you get to the next better feeling thought. Again, it's sort of similar to that choose again. Um, and you just fill it, out, fill it out, you fill out the focus wheel. So when you're feeling like you're struggling or feeling down or frustrated, Focus on where you're at now and literally just take those steps. Like, what is the next best feeling thought? What can you be grateful for? So, if you're um, looking to build a virtual assistant business, I use that because it's easy example, and you're like, oh, I don't know how to get started. Your first thought would be, I don't know how to get started. The next thought would be, well, I have access to the internet, I can Google something. And then the next thought might be, well, you know, I can download a freebie that will give me some insight or um, next thought will be, well, I can look at domain names. And then as you start moving through those thoughts from the negative to more positive, then you will start to shift how you feel. And even then I noticed how I was feeling from the negative statement to, the, to moving into the positive. So it's just slowly getting your brain to shift out of the negative and move into the positive. Because if you go from, oh God, I haven't got a job, you know, I've been at work for six months to, you know, um, I've got a job, I'm going to get a job. It, it's too much of a leap. Your brain can't take that leap. It's like trying to jump the Grand Canyon or something. You know, you want to take that first step. I get it so what you're saying is is that you aren't trying to force it mm -hmm. by being you know like I am in I'm in this place and it's not working but I I could be you know in the job or whatever the goal is mm -hmm. and if you're not feeling it and you're not connecting with it then the best thing to do is to sort of write your way through it yeah work your way through it I mean you know like as they say, Rome wasn't built in a day, but just take it step by step. Again, it's the mountain analogy. And, it, and you know, it, I was having a conversation with, um, I think it was a virtual assistant actually, on, um, on LinkedIn the other day, and we were talking about how, as humans, we often want things immediately. Um, but we have to bring in a level of patience, perhaps a level of reality. You know, I am all about dreaming big and aiming big. But, um, you know, you, you want to you wanna start from where you're at and then you know take those incremental steps it's like it's like what I say to my say to my clients or members of my Facebook group um just if you make one percent 
increase or movement towards your goal every single day, over a month, that's 30% you're closer to your goal. So all you need to do is make 1% shift every single day. So it doesn't feel like much. It might feel like, oh, I'm not really making progress. But if you add it up over, you know, a month or two months or three months, you're, those little incremental steps are getting you so much closer to your goal. So stop focusing on the big mountain and how you're going to climb this big mountain. Focus on putting your foot in the sand, in the pebbles, in, in, the, in the rocks, and then start climbing the boulders. Take it a step at a time. Break it down. Because when we don't, we just that's when the self-sabotage comes in and we just get stuck. And we're like, I can't do this. You can. It's possible. So just explore it and ask yourself open questions take a methodical approach rather than like, charging at it oh yeah just just be kind to yourself be patient and ask yourself the questions because I guess as a coach like I'm used to asking myself questions and open questions that get me to think and be reflective but typically we don't often ask ourselves questions we just go oh this didn't work okay but okay so why didn't it work you know what 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 you know what could you do differently it's coming back to these questions again asking yourself questions like if you're looking for a job and you haven't got um if you haven't had an interview it's like okay so break it down what can I do differently do I need to have a CV review do I need to speak to you know Henrietta do I do I need to do another skill you know why am I not getting interviews or can I ask for feedback like just break it down and then figure out where the gap is and then you get to plug that gap because, you know, everything, as Marie Fournier says, everything is big round. One of my favourite phrases. So much. So good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so good. Thank you. That's so helpful. Thank you so much. So can you give us, just to finish, one, one thing that we should be mindful of every day? I know we've talked about how to break down the process. And we've spoken about moving incrementally towards our goals rather than hurling ourselves at them and not being yeah, able yeah. To You're throwing yourself at the mountain. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then I'm also really interested in the self-sabotage aspect mm. and visualizing or connecting with your goal in the way that feels right to you. Mm. But as we're setting these things, do you think we tend to set ourselves too small a, a challenge or too do we not kind of expand our horizons enough or set ourselves a big enough challenge or do you think at the beginning of the year we shouldn't use it as the opportunity to try and reinvent everything yeah I think it's hard to say because I mean unless I'm speaking to an individual I don't know what their goals are but I believe in in, in dreaming big like you know I learned something the other day it's like set yourself a goal and then kind of 10 times it and then focus on that 10 times goal and then when you think about the original goal you're like oh well that doesn't seem so big because you're focusing on the bigger goal so it feels more normalized um I think the one piece of advice um oh, it's hard because I want to give like about five <laughs> no it's okay um I think one thing that I've learned from working with my own coaches is something my high performance coach said, and he says, you can't change the past, it's already happened. You can't influence the future or change the future, it hasn't happened yet. All you have is the present moment. And that is something that I love to come back to, <clears throat> you know, if I'm struggling or, just as a reminder, because so often we're trying to 
you know, we're, we're drawing from our past habitual library and, and going, oh, well, this happened before, so it's going to happen again. No, it, it's a past experience. You can draw from it, but you don't have to live in that space or you can catastrophize about the future. And I think sometimes we are more one or the other. I'm probably more the future catastrophization than, than the past, but we're all individual and we show up in different ways. So, you know, we can catastrophize going, oh, well, this is going to happen. I'm not going to get enough money to pay my bills or, you know, this is going to happen and da, da, da. Um, but notice when your mind is doing that and bring yourself back to the present moment because all we have is the present moment. And I think with the pandemic in the last 18 or so months, um, there's been so much uncertainty and the mind does not like uncertainty. So it's been, it's been challenging. So I think come back <clears throat> to the present moment. We are living in a world where it's very much social media, very much um, like fatigue in terms of pandemic, fatigue, fatigue in terms of social media come back to the present moment, come back to your breath, do that four, seven, eight, know that you are here in this moment, you know, just have that gratitude, you have a roof over your head, you, you know, you're listening to this podcast, you're getting nuggets of information, come back to the present moment and just be. Brilliant. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. It's so much fun. I love, I love jumping on the podcast with you, Henrietta. Ah, uh, thanks. It's really good. And I think it's so great to be able to kind of refocus ourselves and learn more about how we function and create the situations that we're in. And I just really appreciate all the information that you've shared today. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I hope it's useful to your audience. Yeah, I know it is. I know it will be. And I know that you've got a new Facebook group. Can you tell us a bit about that? And how yes. Join um, so I've just uh, recently launched my Facebook group, Grow Your Virtual Assistant Business with Confidence. Um, just hit 200 members today, which is really exciting. So if you're looking to build a virtual assistant business and you want some support, you want a community, head on over to Facebook and type in Grow Your Virtual Assistant Business with Confidence and I will see you inside. There's all sorts of things that go in. Um, I share information. I do a cheesy top tip live. It's just a safe community where you can ask your questions and get support. Um, and I do, of course, talk about things that we've discussed today, like self-sabotage, perfectionism, etc. I'm launching a online course for those that are looking to build a virtual assistant um, business. So I'm doing a beta launch in probably February next year. So uh, make sure you join the group um, to find out more about that. Otherwise, you can download my virtual assistant startup guide or your hidden money blocks guide, which will be in the show notes. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thanks, Susie. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please do take a moment to rate and review it. It helps us get some more amazing assistants just like you. If you don't follow us on social media, please do. You can follow me at hen.barker on Instagram and everywhere else. And also assistance together is on Instagram and everywhere else too. I hope you have a great week. Thank you so much for listening and for all your support. I will be back next week with another fantastic guest. Take care.